Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffin. I'm a certified microdosing practitioner, menstrual cycle coach, and feminine embodiment mentor. And I'm on a mission to break taboos around women's bodies, periods, and psychedelics. On this show, we're exploring all things spirituality, sexuality, mysticism, and empowerment. Come along as I interview other coaches, teachers, healers, and thought leaders about all the ways we can feel more tuned in, turned on, and lit up AF. If you're on a journey towards self-discovery, you've come to the right place. This is The Light Within. Hello, beautiful beings, and thank you so much for listening here on this podcast, joining me for this episode today, because I am so excited Seriously, so excited to have today's guest with me, Brooke Novick. She is a licensed psychotherapist, co-founder of Axis Day. She is my teacher. And yeah, we are going to talk all about sacred medicine for healing. We're going to talk about her journey with sacred medicine, plant medicine, microdosing, and integration. So please join me in welcoming Brooke to The Light Within. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Leslie. I'm so honored to be here. Well, the first question I ask all of my guests is, what ignites your light within? Mm. I love this question, and I feel like authentic uh, connection with people, and when we're all just being vulnerable and honest and open, and um, you know, we're all being honest about our evolutionary work together and where we're at on our path. I love it. Well, let's talk about your path because. I know you pretty well, but people who are first hearing about you now may just have no clue. So how would you introduce yourself and the work that you do? So I'm a licensed therapist and I'm certified in psychedelic assisted therapy. And I'm the co-founder of Axis Mundi, which is um, a practice that offers psychedelic therapy. We, We have resources, support courses, training sessions which support people in working with psychedelics with intention to support their healing and evolution. And so how did you first discover psychedelics? So I was introduced to psychedelics at an early age. It was around, it was at 16 and it was very recreational. So I I began working with medicine, or I say using because I wasn't really working with it, but I was using the medicine recreationally. And I continued to do this for 10 years, just experimenting and exploring here and there whenever the opportunity arose. And the experiences were very powerful, but, and they would provide some short term healing, but no long term benefits were happening. And during this time, I was struggling with some symptoms that were just getting worse. Mm. So I I was really socially anxious, like so, so socially anxious. And I was struggling with bulimia. Mm. And so over these 10 years, these symptoms were just getting worse and worse. And my life was becoming smaller and smaller and smaller. And so at 26 years old, which was, uh, I'm 35 now, so almost 10 years ago, um, I started to feel this call, really strong call to begin working with the medicine with intention. Mm. And so I didn't know really where, how to go about this, but I just knew I felt really called to start doing this. And so 
Soon after, I went to a festival with a friend and we took some mushrooms. And this was my first experience of trying to really work with the medicine with intention. And so I was really present that evening with what was arising and I wasn't really distracting and I, I had like a more inward experience. And that night I kept hearing the mushrooms say to me, you have to heal yourself before you help others heal and you have to go work with ayahuasca. And so I like to say that when the mushrooms tell you to do something, you do it. <laughs> and so the next day, I kid you not, the next day, so I met someone at this festival who had been working with ayahuasca and she invited me into her medicine circle. So I had never known where or how to go about this. And right after the mushrooms told me to, to go do it, an ayahuasca circle came right into my lap. And so I started working with ayahuasca and very soon after, like very soon after, I told my whole family I was struggling with an eating disorder. No one knew. It was a big secret. I told my, my close friends, and then I checked myself into treatment. Mm -hmm. And so I like to just summarize this for people who are listening because it's pretty profound. I experimented with psychedelics recreationally for 10 years. Not much changed. I had big experiences, but not much changed in terms of my healing. And then after four ceremonies, two months of intentional work, I began to change my whole life. And it's not that the, the medicine did anything for me. I still had to do a lot of work every day to heal. But the medicine helped me walk through severe shame, fear, denial, um, and in order to get myself the help I needed. Mm. I love this story because I see myself in it as well. I had about 20 years of disordered eating. Um, mine were anorexia and bulimia and then some orthorexia at the end. Um, and so I had heard all of these people that I was following online talk about how ayahuasca could like had transformed their, their issue with eating. Um, and I myself have not used ayahuasca before or been in relationship with that. My, um, medicine that I use is mushrooms, like you said, kind of, kind of the, the intentional, um, use of that at your, at your festival. So I just think it's fascinating that you were able to up level so quickly when you started to do it intentionally. Yes, I feel like when we start working with medicine with intention, no matter what the medicine is, it becomes really challenging to live a life that's not in alignment with our truth. So it's like things that we used to be able to tolerate, maybe certain unhealthy patterns or behaviors or relationships or relationship dynamics, all of a sudden it becomes pretty impossible to deal with them. And so... The medicine gave me no choice. But yeah, it is amazing. And these medicines are amazing. And I love that too, as I've done my reading and research and, and started really intentionally doing my microdosing, because I was microdosing with the coach for a while and I felt like I was, I felt like I was doing it intentionally, but probably not as deeply as I could have and certainly not as deeply as I do now. But I was reading one of the books, I think by Fadiman, and it was like, talking about all of the researchers in the 50s and 60s who were first experimenting with psychedelics and like every single one of them like massively shifted their life after using it. And now I'm sitting here as someone in the last year who's left their job. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit, this is me. 
This is oh, me. That's amazing. So it's just, it's fascinating to see. Um, and so what would you say intentional microdosing or intentional medicine work is? Like what's, what makes it intentional? Yeah, it's such a, a beautiful thing to talk about because microdosing is certainly getting really popular nowadays. And I think some people hear about this work and they, they think, oh, I'm just going to take this microdose and my symptoms are going to go away and everything's going to be great. And you know, that's not how it works. So when we arrive at this work with intention, first of all, we're setting an intention for our overall practice. Like what is bringing us to the medicine at this time? What are we hoping to gain from this experience? And then I also like to set an, an intention each day that I'm working with the medicine. So if I'm taking the medicine on Monday, my intention may be different that day than it may be on Tuesday when I take the medicine. And so the intention really guides the process and the work with the medicine. And then on top of that, in intentional work, we're really present with whatever arises that day or in that experience when we're working with the medicine. So in intentional work, we're not trying to push away certain things that may be uncomfortable or challenging to look at. We're really being present with anything that is arising, knowing that it is arising to support our healing and evolution. So that's like the second piece. And then the third piece of intentional work is integration. So we can work with psychedelics every day, but if we're not integrating it, nothing will change. And integration really means processing the experience, really being aware of what came up, how the medicine is trying to help us, and then implementing the wisdom of the experience into our daily life so that we can really use the work to heal and grow. Mm. And, you know, you shared some of the things that microdosing or, or plant medicine use, I guess I keep saying microdosing because that's what I do, but your ceremonies, those two months, the massive shifts, like you've shared the things that it has helped you with. Um, and I've talked on the podcast here before about the things that microdosing has helped me with, but what are some things that you've seen it in your clients shift? Because I know you've worked, I mean, you must've worked with, you know, who knows how many people, but I'm sure you've seen just massive things. Oh yeah. I've seen so many profound shifts and again, like the medicine does not do it for us, but this met, this work can help us change our lives. I've seen people leave very toxic, abusive relationships. I've seen people who have struggled with depression for years and years who have tried medication and all sorts of different treatments, all of a sudden be able to begin healing that, um, you know, healing anxiety in all in all forms, panic attacks, social anxiety like me. Um, this work can really support OCD. Again, especially with OCD, like more, you know, therapeutic support of some kind is really required outside of the work um, for all of these things, really. It's important to have a space to integrate. Um, eating disorders, of course, which we mentioned. Um, I've seen people who have been so afraid to live their truth or to really um, like go after their dreams and then begin doing it, like mm -hmm. to, begin, to begin creating art or to become a photographer or just follow what really lights their soul up. Um, yeah, so I could go on yeah. and on. Really big, profound shifts. And so what is it about the medicine? And, and let's talk about mushrooms specifically so we can kind of narrow it down a little bit. But what about mushrooms helps with the shifting of those things? I mean, what is it about psilocybin itself? 
Yeah, it's a great question, right? Because you, people don't often talk about this part. And so it's really important to get into. Like I keep saying the medicine isn't doing the work, but what is, what's happening there? How, how does this work? I mean, I, I don't begin to really understand how the medicine works on many levels, but in terms of what it can give us, I feel like the medicine can help us see things from different perspectives. It can help us go beyond the narrow, limited focus of our thinking mind and begin to expand into greater truth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the mind is so grounded in illusion sometimes, so grounded in fear and lack and constriction and contraction. And the medicine can really expand that limited vision and help us to see things from different perspectives that take into account like greater truths, like Mm -hmm. universal truths. The medicine can help us see ourselves with more love, help us love ourselves more, to help us feel more motivated to, to walk through fear, shame, denial. It can help us feel more connected to spirit, to the universe, you know, to something greater than us, which can also really um, help us feel motivated to live a life in alignment with our truth. Um, I think, yeah, ultimately, I mean, it works differently for every person, but like having our focus expanded, feeling connected to something greater, and really trusting our path, even if living it will upset others like it can help us feel more more motivated to live our truth mm-hmm. yeah i've told i've talked about this before with people and um in my life and on the podcast too and i think i shared it in our first session when i started the microdosing practitioner course with you guys but for me in my most i guess recent last 6 months or so when i've really been intentionally microdosing i have felt like at times it's the mushrooms come and like wrap their arms around me. Like they just, I feel so held. And as someone who has built up shit tons of walls around her heart because of past betrayals and felt like I had to do it all myself. And I was very much like the lone wolf, even though I'm in partnership. um, It has allowed me to feel much safer. So while I released a six figure, 15 year career, I felt so much safer because I, Find these little like mushroom aliens, like in you know, feeling like they were, you know, they had my back. Like we hear that phrase, the universe has your back. But something in these meditations that I was experiencing while microdosing was like this true sense of like, you're not alone. You don't have to do it all yourself. And like, we're here to hold you. So I love that you and Michael, who also runs Axis Mundi with you, talk about the fact that the medicine won't do the work for you. It just opens the door. And I've started to say, You have to walk through the door, but the mushrooms will hold your hand. Oh, I love that. That gave me chills. (laughs) I love that. It's so true. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. It it really, yeah, it's like when we start working with medicine, we have a relationship with this medicine. Mm -hmm. And it's like having a relationship with a loved one who just wants the best for you. That's how Michael speaks about it. And a loved one who wants the best for you, they're not always going to tell you everything you want to hear, but they're going to do exactly what you need to get to where you you are meant to be. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, once once you start working with medicine, you have that relationship forever. Yep. Yeah. And, the, and I love that you said that too, because I have, when I first started microdosing, I went into it with a coach with the intention of um, using it to help me um, be more open to receiving sexually because I've had some sexual trauma in my past. And 
I was specifically looking at like, I wanted to be more open to receiving and be, but in a sexual way and to boost my sex driver, to help me connect with my husband. And you guys say this and, and it's so fucking true. Like the medicine won't always give you what you want. It'll give you what you need. And so now as I look back at that intention that I'd had about helping connect and helping with my sex life and helping with, you know, passion and libido and all of those things. What I realized is that it was the first part of that intention to become more open to receiving. That is the actual lesson for me. Like it's in it. And I just had this aha moment a week ago and I started that microdosing practice in March of last year. So like the integration lasts possibly forever. Like I'm sure I'm going to have aha moments about this in like five years. Yeah, it's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. We can we can continue integrating ceremonies or meditations from years ago yeah. and all of a sudden have an aha moment and integrate it at a deeper level. I like to say that medicine work is the gift that keeps on giving because you just keep receiving from it years down the line. Um, I can very much relate to what you just shared also. In my last ceremony a few months ago, I was um, working on some sexual stuff on receiving and being more open and what came up like all these things from the past that you know were not so fun to look at but I had to look at and and it showed me why I was so closed off and why I can be very closed off and so in order to heal you know we often have to be present with you know, what's causing this at a root level. And so it's not always super fun, you know, every day when we're working with medicine, but it's always, always what we need mm -hmm. and which will get us exactly where we want to be. And, and so let's talk a little bit more about the microdosing, you know, ins and outs, the 101. Um, so first of all, for folks who maybe this is the first time they're hearing anybody talk about this, you know, what does it mean to microdose versus what it means to be in some of the ceremonies that you've experienced? Yeah. So microdosing is when you work with a subperceptual amount of psychedelic medicine, meaning it's so, so, so small. You're not having any psychedelic effects. You're not having any, you're, you know, you're not having any visions or anything like that. When, when you're working with a proper microdose, you can drive, you can parent, you can work, you can show up in all of your typical roles and responsibilities of daily life. And so, um, it's, it's microdosing is meant to support you in daily life. And I love that too, because yeah, it does, doesn't do any, I, I think a lot of my worry in the beginning was like, can I still, this was when I was working, can I still go anchor the news? <laughs> I anchored the news countless times after microdosing in the morning and everything was a-okay. Oh, um, that's amazing. You know, and, 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 and the driving and the parenting and, and, and all of that. Um, and so why is it still powerful even at such a small amount? I feel like anytime we invite sacred medicine into our lives, it's a big deal. Even if we're working with tiny doses, these medicines are so ancient and have such ancient wisdom and love to offer to us. And as soon as we invite them into our lives, massive shifts can begin. And so like it don't, the dose really doesn't matter, you know? It's just a different way of working with the medicine, but I find that the dose does not matter. Mm -hmm. uh, the, med the, the effects can still be so profound. Yeah, and I like the fact too that, 
you know, it takes a lot to like set aside the time to find the medicine to do a journey, to find a place to do it. Because let's be honest, this is legal in most places here in the States. And so to set aside a weekend to like leave your family, go do a ceremony, be ready for a psychedelic experience that could last eight to 12 hours. Um, microdosing for me is like, okay, I can do it at my home. It's not going to be, you know, a a day long experience. I can still go about my life. So it felt so much easier and doable for me to have a relationship with the medicine this way. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so much more accessible for so many people and it just feels a a bit less scary for someone who may not be wanting a full dose journey. Yeah. Microdosing is so beautiful and it really makes medicine work, intentional medicine work a lot more accessible which, you know, it's definitely needed in our modern world. Absolutely. And let's talk a little bit about the modern world. You know, we've talked about this in our training. I've had so much fear about this, about sharing about something that is still unfortunately perceived as a schedule one narcotic that's on the same level as heroin. When we know that it's not addictive and that it is safe, but yet still the the authorities that be are ruling it in a lot of places as this evil evil drug. And I mean, that's beyond, you know, the, the reefer madness and like the 1950s, 60s, 70s, like true assault on psychedelics and conscious expanding, you know, medicines. So when you look at that, when you think about that legality part of it and the, you know, the safety, and I'm not talking about the safety of the medicine itself, the safety of doing this practice, like obviously there's some risks. Yeah. So I remember listening to a Ram Dass lecture where he spoke about, it was, it was way, way older, maybe from the seventies. I'm not sure, but he was speaking about cannabis and how, when you work with cannabis, there's like this real risk and there's a lot of programming behind it that, you know, we were taught to think it's bad. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, now, now we have risk with, with this work too. And um, it's definitely, it's, it's such a tricky thing to, to speak about. Um, these medicines are so profoundly supportive and healing for those who it's aligned to be working with them. And I like to say that it should be illegal for the medicines not to be available for those who want and need them, you know, Mm -hmm. but of course that's not where we're at yet. And, but millions of people still continue to work with the medicine every day. Right. And so I would say if you're feeling really called to this work, just be safe about it. Know where your medicine is coming from. Know who your practitioners are, know who you're working with. There's a lot of people in this space who are in it for the wrong reasons and just be sure you're working with someone who's you know has integrity and who's aligned with love and who you feel really safe with um and share about it in ways that feel safe for you Mm -hmm. so if you have a lot of family members or loved ones who are not supportive of it you don't need to share it with them you know like speak about it in spaces and circles that are safe for you to share about it in so that you can be supported in your work and not judged in it. And if you don't have anyone like that in your life, well, now you have Leslie <laughs> and you have me. So there's so many spaces online where, that, you know, you can access for safety. But did I answer your question? Yeah. I'm not sure I did. Okay. No, for sure. And I think, you know, for me, something shifted in 2020, right? When we saw 
the government and its way of um, responding to the pandemic. And a lot of people were like really deep into conspiracies at that point. We're not talking about that today. That's a whole different topic. But what I what I mentioned that for is I started to shift my own perspective around these things. When I first had my first psychedelic experience, it was um, you know, for recre- it was a recreational experience, right? Wasn't intentional. But when I started to see that the outside authorities don't have our best interests at heart, especially here in Texas, where we now have, you know, no female reproductive rights in a lot of cases, I started to be- uh, understand that, you know, what is necessarily right in the eyes of the law at times is not necessarily right in the human experience. 100%. Yeah. Oh, did I cut you off? No, yeah. no. I mean, it, right? It's like, so for me, I had to wrestle with that idea that as someone who has had very good girl archetype in her entire life, like didn't want to do anything quote unquote wrong or bad or get in trouble. I also was someone who was experiencing massive amounts of burnout, anxiety, depression, and PTSD. And so it was like, this for me feels like earth. It feels like magic. It feels like, you know, true connectivity. And I really wholeheartedly believe we're going to see a shift like we've seen with cannabis over the last five to seven years in the next two to three years when it comes to psychedelics. I'm just speaking it into existence. So the universe will go ahead and shift that. (laughs) Yes. I love it. But did you have to wrestle with that at all either? I mean, just the idea of like, oh, well, somebody says that this is bad. And some, and, and in some cases, if I'm caught, I could get into trouble versus like, now you see yourself not having as many struggles as you had before. Yeah. I, it's, it's such an important topic. I feel like I've said that 50 times, but this is a great conversation. So I think because I was exposed to the medicine at a younger age, I knew that there was something really special there and really beautiful and supportive. I didn't fully access it till later on, but because I knew that, I never felt worried about Mm. working with the medicine because I just knew, I knew there was something there that was really important that they maybe didn't want us to access. And I, I, you know, I remember learning that psilocybin is like the safest thing you can ever put in your body compared to any sort of legal, like alcohol and all the other things. Psilocybin is so safe. And um, so, right, it's like there are things that are legal, certain uh, pharmaceuticals, you know, that may not be as safe. And mm-hmm. so it's like, what is that, you know? And and it's good to sit with that and to explore it and to really tune into what's going on there. Yeah. And so that you can really be, be, you know, tune into what feels right for you and then honor that, even if not everyone will understand. Yeah, I think that that's been my big lesson in the last year. It's And it's, I think, been very much... Um, assisted by mushrooms is the fact that I don't have to do what the status quo says or what my family believes is quote unquote right. Um, Because for me, you know, I was on SSRIs in my late 20s for depression and it was fucking painful, like insanely painful to stop that medication. It took me six or seven weeks to wean off of it. And it had taken several weeks for it to start kicking in. And so when I started to, again, feel those symptoms last year, I immediately was like, okay, well, I'm not doing the meds again because yes, that's legal, but that made me feel like shit. (laughs) And so fortunately for me, and and I'm speaking only from my own experience, and I'm certainly not saying don't take medications or seek help from medical professionals. But for me, it was 
just a natural progression to look at something in the form of mushrooms, like you said, that are insanely safe and felt like a hug, (laughs) honestly, versus like this pill that I popped and just like let the chemical do its thing. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. There's a reason people have been working with these medicines for thousands of years, you Mm -hmm. know, thousands of years. And it's funny when I see, you know, certain, certain professionals like wanting to learn more about this. And, and, you know, I often hear like, well, we need more research. We need more research. And it's like, well, we, people have been researching these medicines for thousands of years and we know that they work. It's just so important to be in a safe space in the right container and to have proper support around it. But Mm -hmm. yeah, these medicines work and they're from the earth and they're natural. And it's really, really beautiful to work with them if it feels aligned for you. Right. Well, let's talk a little bit more about support because you mentioned, you know, what integration is, um, But when it really comes down to the nitty gritty of this, what does integration look like? Yeah, so integration can, you know, be a different process for everyone. But typically, integration is going to support the person with whatever is arising in their medicine work. And so medicine work can sometimes be confusing, especially if you have a full dose journey. Like, how the heck is that supposed to help me? Mm -hmm. It really requires support to talk about it, to be present with everything that came up in the experience. And then microdosing as well. Integration is just as important. With any dose that you're working with, integration is just as important as the medicine work itself. So if you're just taking medicine, not nothing's going to change long term, you know? So the the integration is essential. And that could look like speaking with some sort of practitioner, coach, therapist on a regular basis about everything that's coming up in your medicine work so you can really process it, make sense of it, be present with how the medicine is trying to support you, and then eventually work to really implement that those teachings and the wisdom into your daily life. But integration, you know, if let's say someone needs to really work on setting boundaries and using their voice, their integration will involve a lot of that. So maybe they'll attract some experiences that are challenging where they have to set boundaries, set limits, speak up, use their voice. So integration is not always comfortable because it it, it pushes us into our growth edge, mm. but it's always exactly where our soul is desiring to go. Um, someone who's really maybe has some trauma around creativity and who wants to begin creating more, their integration would involve creating in whatever way feels aligned for them and maybe putting themselves out there in a way that's really scary. So yeah, the integration definitely depends on what the person is working on, but having someone there to support the process is really, really important. It can also include journaling, a meditation practice, you know, gardening, whatever, whatever helps that person um, be present with themselves. Um, And just uh, because presence is so, so important. When we're present with ourselves, we can really tune into our truth and what we need and where we're at. So any practice that helps us create presence and space in our daily life is also really important when we're integrating. Mm -hmm. And I love that you mentioned that too, uh, the fact that even when you're taking these sub-perceptual small doses, 
integration and support through the integration is still so essential because a lot of times if you're going to ceremony and you're doing a higher dose journey, there's going to be somebody there to help you integrate afterwards. But I think a misconception some people might have kind of like what we've mentioned is that, oh, I'm just taking this little dose. I can kind of do all this work on my own. I don't really need any support around it. But what we've seen and what I know for myself is that it's not always the case. Oh, yeah. I always recommend having that support if it's possible, you know, nothing is better than having a person hold you and support you and guide you throughout the process. Also, we all have egos that try to mess with us and get in the way of our expansion. And so to have another human there to, to be like, Hey, this is a blind spot, you know, and just to let us know where our mind may be trying to get in the way. It's so helpful. So helpful. So you guys were just talking in, I believe, the Washington Post um, about, and I say just, as we're talking in this interview, it's in February, but I know this is going to air in March. So recently, there was an article out about the fact that more moms are microdosing for their own anxiety and depression, and they're actually talking about it. I was in this amazing course in late 2022 from Double Blind about, you know, um, microdosing through, you know, postpartum and maternity. And it was just this fascinating look. And so I'd love to chat a bit more about that. So what's been your experience with, with seeing this use in mothers? Oh, yeah, we've been blessed with the opportunity to work with parents. I'm not a parent myself, but I've worked with many of them. And we've, we've had all different types of parents. We've had parents who have you know, uh, tried other ways of healing, tried SSRIs and all uh, anti-anxiety meds and sleeping meds and meds to help them focus during the day and nothing was working, nothing was providing long-term support. And um, maybe, you know, like some of them had stigma around medicine work or were scared about it uh, to do it or had some programming, but they knew in their in their heart and soul, they were feeling a, a deep call to begin microdosing. And I mean, we've just seen the most beautiful benefits and support from the medicine for these parents. We've also had moms who were struggling with uh, postpartum anxiety and depression, did not feel comfortable taking a prescription, wanted to try something else. Not everyone in their lives were supportive about it, but they went for it anyway. And again, the results were profound um, and so deeply supportive. Um, So yeah, we've had... Parents usually report beautiful, beautiful benefits from microdosing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from what I've seen, and as I like, like you, I'm not a parent, but the people that I have um, talked to who are, um, and the client that I'm working with now who's also a parent, <clears throat> what they're very excited about is the idea that it will help them soften some of the edges around some things that were previously very hard, right? Temper tantrums from their kids or, you know, lack of sleep and then having to still do all the things that a mom would do and a full-time worker would do um, without the side effects that some of those, like you mentioned, drugs, pharmaceutical drugs can have. Um, But I think it's so fascinating um, now that, and I think it's just a sign of the times that we're seeing more people speak out about it Um, And I really hope that that's going to continue to turn the tide. Yeah, me too. Being a parent is no joke. It is a massive responsibility every day. And we need our parents to feel supported. And our culture does not, our society does not uh, support parents enough. And so here's this beautiful thing that's 
offering support to parents. And, you know, what did you see in the comment section of that Washington Post article on online? Just so much judgment, mm -hmm. so much ego. And so, you know, there are still people who just don't understand this, who will judge it just because they don't know any better. And so, so for those of us who know about it, what a gift that we can help other people access this work in a safe way who really need it and can benefit from it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The online judgment is so much at times. And I, and I try to remind myself that every time there's a shift, there's so much judgment um, before the collective has its own shift, right? So like before, I mean, think back about prohibition, right? Um, but when, when alcohol was illegal and how many people were against that? And then, you know, the same thing with, gosh, all the things that have, have turned the tide as far as like our very fresh and new country here in the States. But it's like, there's always going to be some resistance around it. It's one of those things though, I think that mushrooms have taught me. It's like intuition and I have my own sovereignty. And I am my own best inner authority. Um, but it can sometimes be really freaking hard when the people in your life think that you're a bad person because of this or that you're crazy because of this or or any of those things. And so I think that's why community is so essential and why I love what Axis Mundi is creating. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I'll share this quick story. I used to work for a counseling center that had a drug and alcohol treatment uh, section as part of it. And I was working there and I made this decision that I wanted to get certified in psychedelic therapy. And so I was applying to this program and I needed some uh, letters of recommendation. So I asked my supervisor if she would write a letter of recommendation for me. And she was shocked at the program I was applying to. And she said, well, I, I'll ha I have to ask the clinical director if this is okay. So she asked the clinical director and the clinical director was shocked. And, and then asked um, her husband, who was a forensic psychologist, what this was and if it was okay. And so it turns out none of them said it was okay. They did not write me a letter of recommendation. And they were like, why do you want to do this? You know, there was definitely some judgment. I do not hold any hard feelings. They were all really wonderful teachers. It's just they didn't know any better, you know. They were not educated on this topic and had a lot of programming around it. And it's a shame because so many of their clients could benefit from this work, you know? Um, so yeah, people who are judging just do not know any differently. And all we can do is share honestly and authentically in a way that feels safe for us and plant the seed, you know? And if they want to learn more, they'll, they'll ask. And if they don't, that's okay. But, but when we share openly, the people who need us can find us. And so mm -hmm. it's so it's so important and beautiful to do it, even though it can be scary. Yep, absolutely. Let's talk about Access Mundi. Um, I don't know if I told you guys this, but the first time I'd ever heard the, the word Access Mundi, it was from the book Mary Magdalene Revealed. And so I was like, oh, I understand what that whole term means. And then you guys popped into my you know, sphere of consciousness. And so I love, I love the, the term. But what is it that you guys do? Oh, I never knew that. Thanks for sharing. That's amazing. So what do we do? Well, our intention really is to make intentional work with psychedelics accessible to those who feel called to it. We started in 2020 when everyone was home and people wanted to go to ceremony or access this work, but they didn't know where to go or how to do it. And so we started creating resources to help people work with medicine at home in their daily life. 
um, in a way that was intentional, safe, sacred, um, and supported the integration of that work. So we, we have online courses, we have sessions, and now we offer trainings too, which you were a part of. Yep. And yeah, it's just been wonderful and just expanding in, in the way that it wants to. It's, it feels like bigger than us. We're just like, it's happening through us and we're going to let it go where it wants to go. <laughs> and that's such a special way of looking at it too. I will highly recommend y'all's um, microdose course, um, which we were gifted as part of our microdosing practitioner training. But I I loved, to, here's the thing that I loved about it the most. A lot of the trainings that I take online, these courses are are audio and video. And I'm going to be honest, the ones that I create are often audio and video as well. But you guys have most of it written. And I love that because I was able to read it at my own convenience. I could do it, you know, in wherever I was. And the journaling prompts to help with integration and for the intention and the ritual are so good. So good. So if you guys are at all interested in finding out what microdosing is all about, the 101, highly recommend highly recommend microdose. But you guys have other ones that are so interesting too. And you also have a group integration. Are you still are y'all gonna still do that in the future? So we haven't done that in a bit. We've kind of okay. put that on pause, but um I'm sure you'll have some offerings if people can join <laughs> if we don't have it. <laughs> yes. In the future, yes. <laughs> Well, Brooke, this is so special. I have loved, I loved chatting. I love talk. Anytime I talk, get to talk to Brooke, I'm so excited. Anything else that you want to share that we didn't talk about? I just want to say thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here with you. And it's been a joy being able to connect with you. And I really honor and admire you and your work. And I'm just really happy to know you. So thank you for having me. Mm, I hope you loved Brooke's message as much as I do. I have so enjoyed learning from her and her partner, Michael, with Axis Mundi. I am so excited to be partnering with them even more so in the future. If you want to find out more about Axis Mundi or connect with them, I'll put the links below. Please find me on Instagram at Leslie Draffin and at the Light Within Podcast. I have some amazing offers right now. If you're interested in finding out how psychedelic integration might help you in your healing journey, set up a consult call with me. I'll put the link below. I also have deeply discounted one-on-one psychedelic integration sessions going on right now more discounted than they will ever be as I continue my training. And those prices will last probably for the next month, month and a half. So jump on that if you feel called. Thank you guys so much for spending some time with me today. Please remember to rate, review, and share this episode with the people you love in your life. Have yourself a great week. And remember, there's no light without darkness, but there's no darkness without light. I'll see you next time.